Good evening and welcome to the manual. We are on the precipice of a new week and I hope that everyone had a great weekend and we embark on the new week of new challenges, new adventures, new successes, new failures. However you decide to chalk up what you're going to do, I hope you do the best and be the best at what you do. I want to touch on a few things um, that I've been kind of thinking about over the weekend. And I saw a post uh, from a friend I went to high school with that was actually pretty cool on his page on Instagram. And it says, sometimes it's your friends who keep your enemies updated about you. So be careful. It's a pretty crazy statement. But it has a lot, a lot, a lot of truth to it. We all like to tell friends and family how we're doing, what we're doing, you know, how great things are going. But you realize that sometimes when you do that, what tends to happen is that you you can see the jealousy in a person. Or, let me not go so far yet, you can see the dislike or a little animosity in that regard. Not everyone's your friend, not everyone's your enemy. One of the things you have to realize is that you need to do things at your pace in silence if you need a world stage you will cry in front of everybody and everybody will cry with you who cared about that but the people that didn't care about it will rejoice in when you cry and when you fail failing is not a bad thing failing is not a bad thing and and, and a lot of us Um, kind of feel that we shouldn't fail at stuff because we work hard at it. But at the end of the day, failure is part of the equation. It's part of the process. You know how they say Rome is not built in a day? Oh, it was not built in a day. And I'm pretty sure as they was building Rome, as they were building Rome, excuse me, there were a lot of missteps during the way. A lot of ways you plan things out. Especially things of a magnitude that became an empire. But we, we tend to think that everyone has our back and everyone wants us to do well. And you kind of do that. Uh, social media or focal media, as I like to call it, we focus on ourselves. I am a um, inclusive of that. We like to live out on that stage Some of us go a little bit too far about putting a lot of effort into making ourselves what we're not. But for the most part, we need to understand that when it comes down to it, someone's watching. Someone's watching your moves. Maybe in high school, you were the most likely to succeed or the class clown. However, you chalk it up. But we're watching. We want to see how everyone turned out. You know, people that know you know you know that the cars you might be driving in those videos and those TikTok and all that kind of stuff, they may know that I just saw him last week and he didn't have that or she didn't have that. And at the end of the day, we tend to think that a lot of people are watching that to see how they can get at us. Because when we have a misstep, we have a downfall, 
We fall off. They're the ones that are going to be front line and center clapping for that. And that's the crazy part because, again, you self-advertise. You put that out into the universe. And by putting that out into the universe, you made yourself a target. Now, anyone that is doing great at life, kudos, hats off. If you are failing your way through, hats off as well because you're doing the best you can with the best you can to get ahead. And when you go asking for help, you tend to ask people, how can how can you make my my life a success like that? We see all all the businesses that people are are running, whether they're working full time, running a, a part time business, or running a full time business, working part time. However, you want to chalk that up. We tend to think that it is easy, and some of those things take a long time to happen. You didn't become who you were overnight. Some of us who are lucky enough to do that is great but we tend to push in um, into the equation place into the equation things that are unrealistic as I mentioned on a previous feature that I was dabbling a little bit in some investing and it's you know it's going up and down as, as I expected and I feel that the overall expectation is that I make a little bit of money on it but this is a more of an educational situation versus actual capital gains. If I do, you know, get a come up from it, hats off. But if not, I've learned how to kind of let my money work for me. And I was always against investments. I was always against the stock market and things of that nature because I've watched over the years how the stock market, you know, if you don't know how to play it right, you know, kind of will ruin you. And, you know, those of us that uh, remember September 11th, remember some really dark days when it came to the stock market. But do not update your enemies by having your close friends give them the data, give them the information. We always wonder what happened to certain people that we were close in contact with. We, we, we spent a lot of time around. We let them know about our dreams, our aspirations, and our goals. And some of us who have attained them have lost those friends. And you wonder why. What happened to Frederick? What happened to Johnny? What happened to Billy? You don't know because your success drove them off or your drive to success, your ambition, your optimism drove them away. And you may wonder, man, we know years have gone by, we fell off, maybe we've you know, run in different circles and we have different friends now and, you know, it's all a part of the plan. Not necessarily, not necessarily, because if you have a good friend that may be a bridge to that friend, they will let you know, hey, you know what, they thought that you were full of yourself or they thought that you were moving too quick and they decide to go another way. You just basically outgrew them. You know, many of us are lucky to have childhood friends that we've had since we can play in the sandbox, going to college with, going into business with, worked for, worked with. But we tend to always give the opposition the ammunition against us. 
As you guys had the had the last episode of me addressing Patrick, and I'm hoping to get Patrick on the show. Um, it, it was a great, you know, unpacking for me to kind of get some things off. But I I really hope that this young man, you know, comes on to talk. I, I call it a debate before, but I think I think it's to talk. Because he did, at, at the end of the day, you know, he did have something to say. And I, I'm interested in him kind of expanding on some of the thoughts that he had. Sorry to put that plug in there, but I needed to address the Patrick thing because it's kind of been, you know, an open wound for the most part. But this quote was actually a really, really interesting quote. And um, again, I'll say it again. If you missed it in the beginning, sometimes it's your friends who keep your enemies updated about you. So be careful. It's really hardcore, man. That's really hardcore. You know, and <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it, it is a very, very, very true statement. It's a very, very true statement. All throughout history, this has been a staple. Every great leader, every great commander, every great general, businessman, politician, you name it, husband, wife, you've given your enemies or you've given the opposition ways to get at you because you've revealed too much. You showed your hand too early. I had a rule after a certain point in my life where if I'm going for a promotion, if I'm up for a position, if I'm making a business move. If I'm making a geographic move, you don't tell anyone until that actually happened. After the fact, you may jump on IG or Facebook and says, you know, hey, it's been great living out here. Like, wait a minute, you moved out of the state? When I left Jersey, I was gone for about a good seven, seven, eight months before anyone knew I was really gone other than family. Because it wasn't a point of contention for me to put out there that I was moving and moving for work. Because I didn't know if I moved for work, didn't work out, I have to come back. And I have to explain, not necessarily, but I have to explain to others what happened. Why did you come back so fast? I've been out here now for a decade. Been in Virginia now for a decade. Had some successes, had some failures. Had things happen, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. But they've happened. I've failed. I've succeeded. I've failed some more. I've succeeded. But every time I've failed, I've learned from those failures And that's what failing is about It's learning It's a learning curve And if you don't ever go into a Situation Business Position Power Whatever you want to call it With a bit of Fear Then you've missed the mark On success Success is a lot of A lot of fear and success You know They say the Problem to have Is when you're Too big it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. You know, talk to any any business owner who is successful that has run into uh, supply orders where they can't fill orders enough. Restaurant owners who cannot um, book out enough tables, you know, because they are constantly booked. It's a good problem to have. It's a really good problem to have. People don't realize that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you had to learn how to be successful. Every plan that, that, is, that is formulated has a degree of failure 
built into it. Or it should. Any business plan looks great on paper. It's structured. The format looks fantastic. But it never really mentions the failures. Like what could, what can go wrong? What can really go wrong in that regard? And I think that's one of the things that, that we miscalculate. Because what we calculate is how great it's going to be. How many people you tell it's, it's going to be great. And at the end of the day, when it doesn't go that great, you got the naysayers like, ha, 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 look at him, look at her. They thought they were so smart. They thought they were so smart at what they were doing. Or they showing off way too early. Way too early. In sports, there's a a saying, in team sports, actually, in team sports. Actually, you, you can actually put that on combat sports, too. You may have an opponent beat. And you're starting to celebrate. And then all of a sudden, you got to turn around and either play catch up or wondered why now you're on the ropes. Classic example of this is the Patriots Atlanta Super Bowl. I watched that game to, to this day, knowing the outcome. I know what happened in that game. I actually turned the game off at a certain point when I watched it for the first time as it was happening live that no way New England was going to come back. And a friend called me who was a New England fan, was like, hey, we're up again. And I'm like, you're kidding, because I'm a Jets fan. Hate New England. Hate them. And I said, no way. That game was (laughs) out of hand. It was over. I turned the channel, and sure enough, they were up. They were winning the game. They came back and won the game. Because Atlanta went probably into the locker room. Some of those guys... Probably called family and friends to say, meet me at whatever club tonight because we're celebrating a victory. Celebrating a victory. And the game is not over yet. The game of life is not over until you're expired. That's when the game of life is over. During the time that you're alive, you have to make every effort to make the best things possible happen for you. The opportunities to seize the moment, seize the day, as they say. But part of, the, part of the failures that we don't calculate is the fact that we tell our business, we tell too many people what's going on before it happens. Now, it's great to say, hey, you know what? I'll be attending this university or I'll be doing this or my major's going to be this. But then we end up changing our major at some point. And then I think... That you went to school for this, but then you ended up leaving that school for another school or leaving that major for another major and kind of don't know what happens after that. Never celebrate too early. And when you are taking defeat or you're taking taking your lumps, so to speak, you have to understand that. In those crises moments, in those moments where things look their darkest, that you have to say, okay, I got to turn this around. What can I do to make this situation better? Who can I call in? Who do I trust to help me turn this around? And that's the, that's the tricky part because you have to now say, okay, I have to ring in some talent, ring in a person that I need to help me out. And is this person going to scrutinize me and says, okay, yeah, they're not, they're not that smart. That's why they're failing. Is it, it's a hard concept to grasp, guys. You know? One of the things that I always think about when I was a Cub Scout, and I've heard Kevin Hart say this 
on one of his stand-up uh, routines where if you're being rescued, you have to kind of be a part of your own rescue. Unless the person's unconscious. You know how many people drown trying to save someone from drowning? It's the craziest thing ever to hear that. Like, how many people actually drown themselves trying to save someone from drowning because that person is panicking and bringing them down? And in your efforts to help them, your efforts to be of assistance was at your detriment. I've mentioned previously on a, on, on a previous episode a Sufi proverb. And this proverb basically stated, if you help a bumblebee from kindness, you will learn the limits of that kindness. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy saying. In your efforts to help this bumblebee up off the ground, off its back, to get back to flight, to get back to doing what it does, pollinating or whatever it's doing, you end up getting stung. And if you're unfortunately allergic to bumblebees, it might be fatal for you. Fatal. And a lot of us do that. A lot of us pick up these bumblebees. Or a lot of us are the bumblebee that's being picked up. But at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you know what you're doing, know who to trust, and don't get on that bullhorn just yet. The race is not over. It is still running. It is still moving. It is a fluid situation. We are making things happen. It hasn't happened yet. It's, it's not the future. There was a movie um, I, like, I like to reference a lot in business. It was called Thank You for Not Smoking. And it was a movie about a guy that was a spin doctor who worked for a lobby. Um, he was a lobby working for companies kind of spinning how uh, big tobacco worked. You know, we all know the dangers and the effects of how big tobacco is. But he was a pitch man. He was the guy that went in, he, the fixer, spun the marketing. And he, has, he actually had meetings with uh, gun lobbyists, firearms and tobacco and that kind of thing. They used to meet for lunch at a little cute little diner spot and he used to talk shop but in this movie there's a scene two scenes I would never I would never forget the first scene um Rob Lowe everyone knows who Rob Lowe is uh, actor from the 80s kind of still making movies not never aged I don't know why Rob Lowe still looks the same Rob Lowe and Justin Bateman look the same to me for when they were acting in the 80s crazy side note sorry but Rob Lowe's character was a CEO of a of a big company and he was meeting the main character in the lobby of the building that he owned of his company. And on this giant, might have been 80-foot screen, there was a orca whale, killer whale, thrashing a seal over and over and over again. And as you talk to him, as you talk to him, this is in the backdrop. It's distracting you from what he's saying to you. And it was the first thing that you saw coming into his company, coming into his building, that he was a take-no-prisoners kind of in-your-face kind of person. It gave a crazy visual. The other part of the movie that I remember, Rob Lowe's character again, was in Japan at the time. And he called our main character, which was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how, what the time frame in Japan was. At the time, but it was obviously the next day. And the guy's like, hey, man, 
you know what fucking time it is? It's like two in the morning here. And Rob, those characters just politely says to him, I know what time it is. It's the future. Wake up. Catch up. What are you doing? Crazy. I remember stupid stuff like that from movies. I, I watch movies as everyone watches them for entertainment and all that kind of good stuff. But I always take something from it because art imitates life. I really, truly believe that. And I'm like, yo, what is, I'm, what is the line from this movie that I'm going to take? Or what is the quote? Or what is the, um, you know, for me, for me, it could be something silly. Um, Michael Douglas, to me, had one of the greatest lines ever in a movie. Uh, it was a movie called The Game And it was in the absolute opening scene of the game He flies He flies to Paris to fire his VP Of the company This man gets on a flight, flies to Paris Gets into this guy's office Tells him that they prepared a handsome package For his departure The guy's befuddled like what's going on And Michael Douglas tells him Hey the numbers are off Things are not looking good The board's not happy, you're out Action taken, confidence restored. You hear that? Action taken, confidence restored. One of the most brutal, craziest things I've ever heard in a movie. And I saw that movie when I was a little younger, but I understood what it meant. Action taken, confidence restored. In the relationships that we create, whether they're friendships, romantic relationships, relationships with our our parents and family members, colleagues, that type of thing. You have to remember that there's degrees of entry for each person. You know, everyone wants to walk through a private door. It's like a thing. At least for me, I'll raise my hand for that. I want to one day walk through a door that says private. You welcome to the club. It's behind the scenes. And in your life, that's what you that's what you kind of do. You have a welcome to the club. It's a private, it's a private room, private conversation. Only things that are said in this room are privy to the privileged. And if you are a friend or a confidant or a trusted one, loved one, in that regard, you are privileged. You are essential to what I need to do. But again, you have to realize that Everyone's not your friend. Everyone's not going to be happy for you. Everyone's not going to show you that level of humility, that level of understanding, because they want you to fail. It's like a credit card. Credit cards start up with the interest teaser rate, 7%. 7%, get this Visa MasterCard, 7%. And all of a sudden, you miss a couple of payments and now we're at 24%. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do I just jump from 7% to 24%? How the hell did that happen? Because they hope that you cannot pay. The other trick for that is that all of a sudden you have a $500 credit limit. You're not using the card or you're using the card and you're paying back um, you know, on time pretty quickly. You're being you know, diligent with what you're doing. And then you find out that that credit limit has gone up. Now it's $1,000 or $1,500 or $2,000. Before you know it, they're giving you a $5,000. Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you have a $5,000 credit line. And you're like, are you kidding? What's going on? Are you kidding me? What's going on? How did I get, how did I get here? Because they want you. They want you to fail. 
They want you to owe them. They want. They pulled you in. Now they got to get you. You're on the hook. Anyone that I know personally, you know, I've um, I'm a human being. I, I've been jealous of people. You know, not jealous that I was them. No, not in that sense. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that bad of a person. But I've. You know, saw friends get opportunities that I thought that I should have had. And let me let me kind of walk that back a little bit. When I say that, meaning friends in a particular industry or friends in a particular setting, you know, everyone wants to get the pretty girl. And you look at him like, wow, he like he he was able to pull that or, you know, like, really? And you wanted to be him. But it, but then I realized that everyone wants to wear you know, the cowboy hat. Everyone wants to be the hero. Everyone wants to be that guy or that girl. And you and you are. In your own life, you, you should be the center point of who you are. But in, in creating who you are, you got to realize that it, there's a lot of people that you're going to piss off. Because you're just good at it. Some people make things look really good that they do. And it's not their fault. They're just maybe more talented or smarter or have more ambition or drive than you do and then you now turn around and instead of understanding or being happy for them you're like oh god i can't stand that i can't stand it stupid you think about it stupid my grandmother had a saying what you eat don't make me shit i thought it was the funniest thing as a kid i'm like wow that's my grandmother's cursing you know but as i got older I still didn't understand it. I was like, what you eat don't make me shit. What the like, what does that mean? You know, then I realized in crises or in situations, you're right. What you eat don't make me shit. We have different appetites. We have different different ways of of doing things. We have different ways of operating and moving through the world. You know, they say life is a chess game. I don't know how to play chess. I don't know how that would life would be a chess game. But what I understand about chess is that it takes patience to move those, to make moves. You know, you have people that would sit for hours before making a move. I don't how don't know how that's a fun game, but I guess the brain power that is generated to do that, to think about moves, you're seeing the moves several different ways. You just have to calculate your risk and reward. And what you're doing Because it could cost you the game As such life The people that you surround yourself with Or don't Do not surround yourself with Is probably essential to What you're going to do Who you're going to become I love the term self-made When someone says Oh I'm self-made You know Even Donald Trump Says I'm self-made No you're not bro You got a loan from your dad Substantial loan of money and you was able to kind of use your connections or whatever. Don't know him to, you know, destroy him like that. But again, you're not self-made. Self-made is like you come from nothing. You come from nothing. And you make something of yourself. There's a lot of people that you probably come into contact with every single day. People that you're friends with, people that you work with, people that own the company that you work for that are self-made that were that were at one point dreaming they were visionary they were somebody who came up with something and made it happen 
but along the way, they probably had a lot of a lot of dream killers. You know who you are out there, the dream killers, the people that that look at your friends and your family and be like, oh man, they ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine spending spending that type of time focusing on you and not focusing on someone else. You know, one of the things that um and I'm speaking for myself here, I always find myself looking at the lifestyles of athletes or celebrities. Because they paint this picture that their life is so perfect, but then Kate Spade kills herself. You're like, what? Robin Williams kills himself. And you're like, these people can have, you know, they've what we what we think they they have everything. They have everything that they that they can possibly have. They have money. They have fame, notoriety, whatever it is. They have that, but they're dealing with something that is bigger than them, larger than life. And I'm pretty sure. And again, I'm on a limb here, so don't, you know, don't, don't, don't bury me for this. I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to ever say someone's happy someone took their, took their life, but someone that knew them probably said, yeah, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I, you know, they, they weren't that happy. You know, you have to evaluate what you divulge, what you put into the universe. You really have to do that. That is something that is very, 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 very important. Cannot stress that enough. The plans you make today are yours. And you do not reveal them until you know that it's going to happen. Biggest, biggest thing when I was a realtor, a lot of people um, that I worked with uh, as far as clients, um, they tell everyone that they're buying a house. And anyone who has bought a house knows that the process is a very, very, very crazy process. A lot of things can happen. You know, I've, I've had deals down, down the operating table, as we just like to say back in the day. I've had deals at the zero hour not pan out. I've had deals that at, in the middle of negotiations break down because of something unforeseen. So I had to make sure that in being this person's realtor, in working for them, that I cover all my bases to make sure that I calculate everything that can go wrong and let them and manage the client's expectations. That's that's the one thing that people don't realize. You manage the expectation, whether you're working with a client, with a friend, or on your own business, you manage your expectations realistically. Not the grandiose, imaginary, I'm going to make a million dollars next year bullshit. I'm talking about managing the expectation to say, you know what? I'll put this out there and do that. Some families like to celebrate what's happening with family members, members of their family, being proud of who they have a genetic link to. And in some other families, they only celebrate when something bad happens. Did you hear about Billy getting locked up because he's dealing that stuff? Versus, did you hear about Billy graduating college and getting a great job and moving across the country and is going to be a great success one day? No, we don't really hear that too much. This generation calls it, actually my generation calls it, oh, you hating on me. You're a hater. 
you hate. Getting older now, I'm looking like, it's a crazy word, hater. What the fuck are you, you hating on me? What are you hating on? You hating on because I'm, I made something of myself? You hating on because I'm trying to do better? Why don't you love on me? Why don't you support me? Why don't you tell me, yo, you know what, man? Whatever you need, I got you. Whatever, whatever any resources I have, I can deploy for you to assist you. Said I'm hating on you. Why don't you love on me? <laughs> Why don't you love on me? Simple concepts, you know, switch it around. But again, we ask for it. Because we, we put it out too soon. We put it out too soon. Think of baking cookies. Put the cookies in the oven. Get them ready. Chocolate chip is my favorite. Well, one of my favorites. I'm greedy like that. And then after two minutes, you pull them out the oven. And they're still soft. When I was a property manager, and those of you on the side of my voice who work in the field will understand this. We used to bake cookies as a kind of a complimentary thing to have in the office for uh, people that come in. Literally bake cookies in the morning. <laughs> Otis Spunkmeyer was the brand to be exact. And the thing about Otis Spunkmeyer cookies is that they're very good cookies when they're first out of the oven and they're soft. I ate so many of these fucking cookies. Like, you have no idea. Over the years. And it got to the point where I would just heat them up, you know, heat up a batch real quick before putting in the real batch. Three or four of them. But taking them out a little early because I like the gooey and it's soft and all of that. But then I realized later on in the, in the morning, I would feel sick. And I'm like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have ate that because now I feel sick, you know, because it wasn't done. I took it out too early. I, I announced to people, yo, I got some cookies. Let's eat that. But they weren't ready to be eaten yet. And as you guys know, my style in this podcast is trying to be... As realistic as possible I don't have notes when I record I don't have uh, Bullet points or ideas already written out I just kind of go And talk Because life is not rehearsed We plan for stuff Yes, we go through that Oh, I want to do this, I want to do that I want to be this, I want to be that But then at the end of the day There's no rehearsal Because you cannot get things Right all the time Not everyone can celebrate a one take And a one take is basically when you do something so well You're so good at doing something In one take, it's done It's, it's, you're like, I pulled that off You know, job interviews are one takes The first thing people ask you when you come out of a job interview How'd it go? How you feel about it? Think you got the job? I don't know It went well what do you mean? Did you did you know what you're going to say? Of course you didn't know. Because the questions weren't asked to you yet. That is probably one of the most realest things that you can sit and, sit and do. I, for one, love, I've always loved the job interview. Whether being the interviewee or the interviewer. Because if I'm the interviewer, I make it where the person... I eliminate stress completely out of the equation. We sit and we talk. I don't even look at your resume. Because your your resume is giving me a preconception of you. I want to get it where you're telling me about what you've been doing. What you, what do you call it? But at the end of the day, the, 
the bonus question or the the million dollar question is what you going to do for us, the company that we work for. I know what you've done. I know what you want to do. What will you do for us? I leave you guys with this. Whatever you're planning to do, whether it's buy a house, seek a promotion, seek a better job, invest some money, propose to that person that you want to marry, accept that proposal of the person that, you, that wants to marry you or you marry them or whatever the case is. You need to understand, do not put that out into the universe just yet. It's not baked yet. It's still baking. That alarm didn't go off yet. You gotta cultivate that. It's a word I love saying. I love the word cultivate. I don't know why. Certain words just always sound good. Cultivate. <laughs> but if you do tell someone, make sure it's someone who really truly has your back. Because if you don't, you just put that negative energy that they have for you into the universe. And that's real. Thank you for listening to the manual. I look forward to spending the week with everyone and everyone having a great week. Good evening.